Welcome to The Savvy Sauce, where we have practical chats for intentional living. I'm your host, Laura Duggar, and I'm so glad you're here. Lehman Property Management Company has the apartment you will be able to call home with over 1,600 apartment units available in central Illinois. Visit them today at MidwestShelters.com or visit them on Facebook. My guest for today is E.C. Memon Aladejovi. She is a wife, mom, business and career growth strategist, and founder of Powerful Women Make Power Moves. This episode is going to feel like a coaching session where she gives us an outline on how to understand our identity, uncover our purpose, and gain clarity through action. Here's our chat. Welcome to the Savvy Sauce, E.C. Memon. Hey, 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 Laura. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it is sincerely my pleasure. And first, will you just start by telling us more about who you are and what you do? Sure. So I am a career and business growth strategist. I work primarily with women of color to help them uncover their purpose, land their dream jobs, build their dream businesses, and most importantly, live rich and fulfilling lives. And I want to even back it up further. Can you take us back to when you were five months old? Of course, I remember everything that happened at that age. But yeah, so I came to America from Nigeria when I was five months old, and I grew up in a super loving family. Um, my dad taught me how to read from a really early age, and he always said, you know what, EC, you should be a doctor. He actually always wanted to be a doctor and wasn't able to fulfill that dream, so I was going to essentially carry on that legacy for him. And he taught me how to read. I went to private school. He poured a lot into me. And I know him and my mom and their drive and their focus played such a role in me becoming this woman who was driven, who is successful, who desires to see others be successful. So my Nigerian culture has played a big role, honestly, in just my growth and who I am today. I love that. And do you want to elaborate in any other specific ways that your Nigerian culture has influenced you? Yeah. So Nigerian culture is so rich and it's so beautiful. And it is made up of a people who are very passionate about faith, very passionate about family, and very passionate about doing well, doing well with your career, doing well financially. We um, we have this saying that Nigeria no carry last which means that wherever we show up, we're going to be the best. If we're playing basketball, if we're going to become a doctor, we're going to be the top of our class. We're just going to kill everything that we do. And so that is a part of my culture that I truly love. It's that winning spirit. But then I also love the family aspect. We're just so family oriented. And even though my parents ended up unfortunately getting a divorce later on in my life, I'm still very much so surrounded by love and, you know, surrounded by a big family of aunts and uncles. So definitely Nigerian culture has played a big role in who I am and how I see the world. And I love that you touch on that aspect of faith and you do have such a rich and personal faith. So I'd love to hear 
how you discern God's will and leading and voice in your life? Yeah. So I am very practical with it because the word says my sheep hear my voice. So God does very much so speak. And I have found, and I found the same um, with mentors and mentees in my life that God will speak in a still quiet voice in your heart. And it very much so sounds like your voice, but it's actually him speaking. And so I cultivated the ability to hear God's voice around 16, 17, 18. I got um, saved when I was 16 and became born again and really decided to go after Jesus with my whole life and my whole heart. And being in youth group, I remember them teaching on prayer and hearing God's voice. So I went home, sat down, said my prayers, and then got quiet. And I would actually focus on clouds because they reminded me of the glory of God while keeping me focused. Because when we try to get quiet to hear God's voice, we find a lot of times our minds are racing. We're thinking about dinner, lunch and homework and all sorts of things. So I would occupy my mind until this day. I still give that advice to people who desire to hear God's voice. I would occupy my mind. I would sit still and listen. And then I would write. And I wouldn't worry too much about being correct. I just want to get into the practice. And so there's an aspect of faith and believing that, yes, you can hear God's voice. Yes, God speaks and that he would not allow you to do anything incorrectly when he knows you're looking to him and listening for him. And so I just practice sitting down. And of course, God speaks through dreams. God speaks through his word. And there are some people that will find they are more dreamers than anything. I'm not much of a dreamer. I'm someone that God speaks to audibly and will I will sit down and take notes or he will give me a verse and I'll sit down and I'll read it. And then I will feel the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to write more about that verse. And that's also a way that God speaks. I love how you articulate something that I've experienced, but I have never been able to put words to that. It does seem like it's our voice as the way it sounds in our head or in our thoughts, but there's just this knowing that it's him. Can you elaborate on why you say action begets clarity? Yes. So people think clarity comes from just sitting around twiddling your thumbs, right? And even when I sought clarity around what is my calling, God, what am I supposed to be doing? What is my career? What is my major? Because I went through so many transitions. Remember, my parents wanted me to be a doctor, so I went to college. I came in bio, and I was like, okay, I'll be a doctor. I got a C in chemistry, and I was like, well, chemistry's really hard. That's okay. I'll just keep trying. And then I got an F in organic chemistry, too, and I never failed a class. Again, I was always a top performer, but that failure made me sit down and really question, is this what I want to do? Now, me taking action, and this is kind of like in a big picture sense, and I'll talk about it in a smaller sense, I was able to see, is this what I really wanted to do, right? And of course, there are times where we take action and there are other times we kind of sit and wait to really get the word from God before we move. A lot of times we can take action and the risks aren't as high and there isn't as much on the line. So if you're trying to figure out a new hobby, you can buy yarn to see, okay, let me see. Do I like yarn? Do I like knitting? I do this thing. I follow a pattern. I don't like it. Do I enjoy coding? Well, let me take a coding class online and see if I like it. Oh, I actually love this. I need to dig deeper, right? There, There's not really much to lose. You might lose out on some time, but I wouldn't say losing. It's your investing in clarity. But I'm not just going to up and move to China 
to see if I can get clarity around whether or not I'm going to live in China for six months. Something like that, because it's going to upend my family and upend my life, I'm going to prayerfully go into it and then I will take action, like researching, having conversations. And then before I really make that permanent move, I want to hear from the Lord. So I hope that helps people understand because Christians, of course, we always want to be led by the Holy Spirit. And day in, day out, as we call on the Lord and as we speak to him and as we spend time with him, the Holy Spirit is ordering our steps. There are what I call bigger decisions. Like for me, when I was getting married, I believe in courting and I believe you can get to know someone as a friend. But before we move into commitment, I am praying to ask the Lord, Lord, is this who you have for me? And so something like marriage, which is very permanent, I'm going to hear from the Lord before I go in all in on that level of commitment. And even being someone's quarter or boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. And I say courting because we are in relationship because we are going to marriage and we are committed unto marriage. That's why we're together. We are friends if that's not where we're going. And I'm getting to know you as a friend and prayerfully considering you. So I wanted to bring up both because people sometimes are like, well, I need to stop and hear from the Lord or I can just kind of take action on this and get clarity on the way. But whatever the case is, when you take action, when you expose yourself to certain books, when you have informational interviews with people, when you volunteer in a certain place in church, you begin to reveal your gifts, reveal your calling, reveal what you really love. It doesn't always just drop out of the sky onto your head, which I think people are always waiting for. The deep in you will call out to the deep in that thing. And there will be like this electrifying connection, like, oh my goodness, I did not know that molecular biology was this cool and that I loved it so much. And you wouldn't know until you pick up a book and actually start to read about it and expose yourself to it. So that's what I mean by action beginning clarity. And now a brief message from our sponsor. With over 1,600 apartment units available throughout Pekin, Peoria, Peoria Heights, Morton, Washington, and Canton, and with every price range covered, you will have plenty of options when you rent through Lehman Property Management Company. They have townhomes, duplexes, studios, and garden-style options located in many areas throughout Pekin. In Peoria, a historic downtown location and apartments adjacent to the OSF Medical Center provide excellent choices. Check out their brand new luxury property in Peoria Heights overlooking the boutique shops and fine dining on Prospect. And in Morton, they offer a variety of apartment homes with garages, a hot downtown location, and now a brand new high-end complex near Idlewood Park. Their beautiful, spacious apartments with private garages in a quiet but convenient location await you in Washington. And if you're looking in Canton, don't miss Village Square Apartments. Lehman Property Management Company has a knowledgeable and helpful office staff and maintenance crew, including several employees with over 30 years working with this reputable company. Renters may be excited to learn about their flexible leases, pet-friendly locations, and even mini storage units that are available in some locations. So make sure you check them out on Facebook today or email their friendly staff at leasing at laymanprops.com. You can also stop by their website at midwestshelters.com. Check them out and find your place to call home today. 
I think a lot of people are seeking clarity in their lives, but also their purpose. So, Isi, how do you recommend we uncover our purpose? Yeah, lots of questions, lots and lots of questions. So, you know, uncovering your purpose, man, it's such a journey, Laura, and I take the women in my program through an entire process. But if I could sum it up now, it's a lot of self-reflection. It's a lot of asking yourself questions around what sparks you, what do you love, what brings you alive, around what burdens you, what excites you, what do you have a knack for, what is your leaning. It's, you know, the things you care about, they're not by chance. They matter. I take my clients through a process called the passion behind the passion. And it's like, you might be extremely passionate about gardening. It doesn't mean that you're called to be a gardener, but you might be obsessed. And the passion behind the passion is I love seeing things go from nothing to something. I'm obsessed with that process. And then you find that in your life, you see that common thread show up in the work you do in church, the work you do in your full-time job, um, in your friends group. You're the person that always blinks because you have a leaning. So when we talk about purpose, first of all, our first level purpose as believers is to honor God, is to know God, is to share God with the world. So to be known by him, to know him and to share him and to honor him. Right. So when people, especially believers, are looking for purpose and even if you're not a believer, God created us right for relationships. So that's our ultimate purpose. And then when we talk about kind of purpose on earth and living that out in calling, then we start talking about what do you lean towards? What are you drawn to? What are these patterns? So your purpose always shows up in the pattern. I'll speak for me. I'm obsessed with transformation. So I love watching shows like My 600 Pound Life or Hoarders or Clean House or um, house flip shows. The common thread between all of those is I love the transformational piece. I love mentoring. I, whenever I walk into a situation, even with my friends, I'm constantly problem solving. I'm constantly looking at how can I make their lives better because I'm obsessed with transformation. I'm obsessed with the transformation of businesses, the transformation in people's careers. And so I see my purpose very much so around transformation and unlocking potential. So if we got quiet with ourselves and really sat down, we would see that our purpose is right there in us. And that's why I say we uncover it and we don't discover it because it's already in us. I like that intentional clarification of uncovering and not discovering. So we're covering some big themes as we're thinking about clarity and purpose. So another one is identity. How does our identity impact our work? If you don't know who you are and whose you are, you will always be lost. Identity anchors you. Identity shows you the truth when the enemy brings a lie. So the reason why so many people are stuck is because they believe and buy into dead narratives about who they are what is possible for them, what they can accomplish, all these things. And because people don't know who they are, especially they don't know the promises of God, they don't know who their creator has called them to be, then when the enemy or when the world tells them they're a failure or they're not good at something or you know they can only get to this level, then they believe that. But when you know your identity and when you know who you are and whose you are, you can say, you know what? That's actually not true. I actually refuse to adopt that. 
I actually refuse to accept that. I actually can do way more than I thought because you know who you are, you know whose you are. So identity is everything. And if you don't know who you are, and if you don't tell the world who you are, the world will tell you who you are. And that's the worst position to be in. So identity is everything. Super important. And how have you personally, I guess, reminded yourself of your identity in Christ and who you are and whose you are? It's a lot of self-work. I talk about self-work a lot. Ton of reflection. People do not know themselves. People are so busy on the phone and in life that they don't sit down with themselves and ask the hard questions. I am constantly asking myself questions. What do I truly believe? Who am I? What am I afraid of? What's holding me back? What are my dreams? What do I wish I could be doing? How do I want to change the world? How do I want to help people? What am I really good at? Like, I'm just always asking questions. And then I'm always looking at the word of God anchored on scripture. What does God say about me? Not what do I think about myself? Not what happened to me at 12 on the playground? Not what feels real? Not my feelings? What does God say? And so I'm clear on what God says about me. I'm constantly asking myself questions to make sure I'm in alignment with the truth of God in my life. And I surround myself with people who will remind me of my truth when I get off track. I surround myself with people who are also living in God's truth, who are fighting and contending for the faith and fighting to live in the purest form of their identity. So when I put all that together, I cannot go off track. And that response just fires me up and your passion is so clear. I don't agree with this attack, but I've heard people say before that knowing yourself and taking the time to do self-reflection or understand yourself and your gifts, that's just selfish. So how do you personally counter that criticism? It's the opposite of selfish. It's actually selfish when you don't do that because you make all your relationships miserable. You lose out on your calling and the work you're supposed to be doing in this world because you don't know where you're supposed to be. You don't know what you're good at. You don't know what you're called to. You're letting other people dictate who you are. So your identity is lost and you're just going with the flow. So you're supposed to be here doing this type of work, but you're over here doing this type of work because you're letting what people think about you dictate who you are and what you're doing. When you get into a relationship, whether it's friendships or marriage, because you don't know yourself, because you don't know your blind spots, because you don't know where you struggle, because you don't know your weaknesses and your strengths, when you come into that relationship, you begin to blame the other person for everything. When in reality, there's areas where you need to improve. So self-reflection is a gift to the world. It is a gift to the people you're in relationship with. It is a gift to the people you're called to. Because when you know yourself better, you do better. When you know yourself better, you show up better. So it's the complete opposite. Amen. I love that. You say it so well. And you're clearly a gifted coach. So is there any advice you would share for ways that we could all manage our time better and maximize our productivity? Sure. So... It's all about what is truly important to you. Show me your schedule and I'll show you what you care about, period. I don't want to hear the crying. I don't want to hear the, but EC, you don't understand. Show me there are 18 hours in a day. You've got to figure out what is important to you and then prioritize. And you don't have to prioritize 50 million things. If you know it's faith, fitness, and family, then I should see that on your calendar. Know that in certain seasons, you'll have to ebb and flow. In certain seasons, you might not be able to give your time 
in a way you desire because there are other things that take priority. For example, if you really need to make a health change, right? You need to get serious about your health. That might mean you don't go to uh, weekly meetings for certain things because you need to spend that time in the gym. You need to spend that time meal prepping. So it really starts off with what is important to you? What are your goals? What is your vision? And we reverse engineer all of that. Well, what does success in this space look like for you? What do you need to do in order to be successful? Well, I need to work out this many times a week or I need to, if I, I know I'm leading a group at church and I want to see that group be successful in this way, I know I need to set time aside for X, Y, and Z. So it's really about reverse engineering and getting the vision and getting clear on what you want and then putting it on paper and actually using a calendar. Calendars are powerful. People just kind of say, oh, I hope things will happen. No. They won't just happen. <laughs> you have to leverage a calendar. So those that's a really simple way that I help people get productive and really hit their goals. And so for you personally, EC, are there any tiny habits that you've implemented that you've seen, wow, this small change or small rhythm or habit really impacts my time management? I love writing to-do lists. I know it's really simple, but I love it like paper and pen. I love sitting down and I'll just do a brain dump because one thing I find is we carry the weight of our to-dos and our work and it actually makes us feel sometimes like we have more work to do than we actually do. So putting things on a to-do list and doing a brain dump, what that does for us is it shows us what we really have on hand and it helps us to navigate like, oh, I can do that tomorrow. Oh, I need to do that now. And so what I'll do is I'll sit down at the beginning of the week and I'll say, what are my goals? What needs to be accomplished by the end of the week? Then I'll say, great. What needs to happen for those things to be accomplished? Okay, each thing is four steps or five steps. And then I make sure those things are on my calendar and they happen. So doing the list absolutely is a game changer for me. Just that brain dump is a game changer. That is so helpful and so practical because that does reduce that mental load that we're carrying that can slow us down in all areas. Thank you to all our patrons who financially support this work. You put a smile on our faces when you sign up to become a patron. Your generosity is both inspiring and encouraging, and we are so grateful. I also want to invite everyone else to join the club. So visit thesavvysauce.com and click on the Patreon tab. Then follow the prompts after clicking Join Patreon here. When you contribute at least $5 a month, you automatically will have access to a bonus library of content. New podcasts are available exclusively to paying patrons every month. And every quarter, you get a new downloadable scripture card designed by Ange at Jars of Grace. So visit thesavvysauce.com and click the Patreon tab today. I would love for you to give us a taste. What is one specific exercise you would take your clients through to build their confidence? Sit down and take stock of all your wins at your last five jobs. It might be hard to remember, but really sit down and take stock of your wins. Another thing I have them do is I ask them, if you were not at work for the next two weeks, what would not get done? If they didn't give it to anybody else, 
didn't roll out to anybody else, what would not get done? And what happens with that is people begin to actually see just how incredibly valuable they are because they see that they play such an important role in the company. So those are two small things that I have them do. That's such a great exercise. I'm even thinking for parenting or if someone's a stay-at-home parent, the way that they contribute to their children and their household, that also would be helpful to ask those questions. Yep. Can you also teach us about why community is so powerful? Oh my gosh, community is everything. The reason why people are struggling so much now is because they are in the wrong community. They are not in a life-giving community. And especially as a believer, I believe in being around people who give me critical feedback, who tell me when I'm wrong, who encourage me when I'm doing the right thing. So being around the right community is just changes the game completely. And so community is extremely valuable. Community is the mirror. And I just, I love it. They remind you of who you are and whose you are, and they help you when you're having a hard time. And what does your personal community look like? Oh man, my community is made up of what I call my sister friends, my mentors, my mentees, of course, my incredible husband. I have coaches. I have an entire community of people surrounding me and they're consistent people as well. They're consistent. They're there for me. They are on my side. So it's really exciting to have them there. And so that's the relational side. And then I'm even thinking the task side. Can you walk us through what your morning routine looks like? So my morning routine has flexed because of busyness with work. Kids, my kids are four and two. My routine that I usually try to keep is super simple. It's wake up, prayer, and the word. And then mind dump. I will also sometimes visualize and think about, and not visualize in like a new age sense, but I will think about what it is that I want to accomplish. I will think about my goals. And it really just helps me remember who I am and whose I am. So I would try to bring my brain back. I try to think about essentially the positive narratives I need to keep top of mind, the areas where I usually struggle. I usually try to meditate on that too and think about it. Okay, God, I know I am a woman of God. I know I am, you know, a patient mom. I know I am a successful business owner. So doing that mindset work also helps a ton. And are you willing to share what your struggles would look like or what you mean when you also consider and focus on your struggles? Are you naturally a very patient mom? Is that why you say that to reaffirm it? Or is that an area of struggle? Yes. Great question. Yeah. So the area of struggle is what I work on building a new mindset around. So if I know I struggle with patience with my kids, if I know like one thing I struggle with is resting, I don't rest enough. I work quite a bit. I love the work I do. So sometimes it's challenging to kind of stop and I'm on this kind of like rocket ship growth and growing this team and just doing a lot. And I sometimes struggle with that. And so I have to remind myself on a consistent basis to rest, to relax. 
And so that's where those words come from. Generosity also seems to be an important value of yours. So I'd love to know, how did you arrive at that realization? And how do you exercise your giving muscle? Man, so definitely tithing. And then also just my husband and I just have a heart to give. You know, for us, it's like we want to be conduits of wealth. So it's like, hey, God, give it to us because you can trust us to disperse it. And so whether it's, you know, friends, surprising friends, whether it's giving people on the street, whether it's giving to causes we really believe in, we have a healthy relationship with money, my husband and I. We aren't obsessed. We aren't afraid. We are like God gave it to us. He'll continue to replenish it. We know what it's like to be without. I know what it's like to be without. My husband does. So it's kind of like with Paul when he says, whether I have it or not, I am content. And so my husband and I just have a really healthy relationship with money. And that's why we have been able to release it the way we have. I believe in extravagant giving. I believe it's beautiful and it's incredible. And I believe that we're all called to give extravagantly and in a beautiful way. And so that's just how we've always viewed it. That is so inspiring. And what does your family life look like as you're currently scaling your business while enjoying your marriage and simultaneously raising your two young daughters? Girl, it is not funny. (laughs) It is not. It's quite a challenge. Some days I get it right. Some days I don't. Some days I balance really well. My husband is just such a present and their dad and not every dad is like that. And so I can lean on him in so many ways as I build, whether it's bedtime, it's food, it's just being there. But also I'm in a space or where I am making sure that I am honoring my calling as a mother and a wife and making sure I just don't let things get away from me because it's really easy in this world to get really caught up with all the things that, that can be done and making the money and things like that. And so I've just worked on being grounded. Again, I have a lot of check-in conversations with myself, back to that kind of self-talk that I talk about a lot. Um, I ask myself, well, what's the life I want to live? Who do I want to be? Who am I? Okay, does this align with who I say I want to be, with who I say I am? And so a lot of checking in, that helps me stay the course. Um, And a husband who tells me the truth and lets me know when I am going really hard and doing a lot and a husband who also lets me know that, you know, I'm I'm staying the course, I'm doing a great job. So that feedback is really helpful too. But one thing I try to do and I've done a pretty good job with and in is when work is done at five, it's done. I am really big on doing that unless it's like a really big project and it's kind of spilling into my day. But when work is done, it's done. That sounds like a healthy boundary. And do you have any other indicators that alert you when you're out of balance in either direction? Hmm. When I'm tired and burnt out, (laughs) when I'm feeling really draggy or I just notice I'm on my computer a lot or I look at the time on my phone and I'm like, hmm, I've spent a lot of hours on my phone this week. Not great. So it's, it's things like that. It's really when I start to feel sluggish and when I'm 
just really having a hard time, that's when I know it's time. And when that indicator lights up for you, how do you get restored? Resting, sitting on the couch and doing nothing. That helps a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Just I'm really simple that way. I love a good massage. I do. But honestly, it's just sitting down and resting. Which sounds like the opposite of your general lifestyle. So that makes sense. I'm also curious, what does your church involvement and family worship look like? Yeah, so family worship, husband and I, we try to really have family altar once a week, which is the time we come together and we pray. Um, when things get kind of crazy, sometimes it, we miss it. And that's something that I'm trying to do a better job of making sure we don't miss. But we have family altar. My husband's really involved in church. And I love, I do a lot with the young adults. I have a heart for them. Yeah, we just, we are really involved in church <laughs> and, and serving at church. And then just Jacob and I are really passionate about making sure we have individual God time if that makes sense. Absolutely. That seems like the part of being connected to the vine before he can produce the fruit, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so for you and your husband, do you feel like you use your spiritual gifts in like the actual church more, or do you use it more in your work or with your community? I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I'm just always curious to learn from others. So we are... um really big on showing up everywhere completely. So whether we're mentoring at church, at work, we are literally in our gifts and in our calling, literally all the time. I would say like for my husband, example, for example, him and I mentor a lot and we pour into a lot of individuals. So it'll be maybe in the evening after work, Jacob will have a call with someone and he will literally listen to them and essentially give advice and pour into them. And it's biblical It's practical, all wrapped into one. And I would say I do the exact same. EC, you are so intentional with the personal development. And like we discussed, not just for the benefit of yourself, but also how that pours out to others. So what are you currently reading and listening to and finding yourself talking about these days? Man. To be honest, the topic of my heart is just going back to the Father, knowing Jesus more. How do I build my business in a way that honors the vision for my life, which is to spend time with God, spend time with my family? That's what's been on my heart. It's knowing God more and being with God more. I'm about to start reading a book from A.W. Tozer with my girlfriends about the holiness of God. I love stuff like that. Yeah, I'm reading a book on biblical womanhood that I've been working on and I'm not done with yet. So I try to read, but I haven't been reading as much because I'm in such a busy season. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of where I am right now with that. Yeah, that makes sense because sometimes it's the filling up and sometimes you're pouring out and it sounds like a season where you're running hard. Yes, absolutely. hundred percent. Well, EC, you have so much to offer both with your work and beyond. So can you share now where we can find and follow you online? EC Memon A, Instagram is the best place to find me. 
It's I-S-I-M-E-M-E-N-A. Perfect. We will link to that in our show notes for today's episode. And you may already be aware we're called the Savvy Sauce because savvy is synonymous with practical knowledge. And so as my final question for you today, what is your Savvy Sauce? Know thyself through the power of the Holy Spirit. Truly know who you are. Truly understand your identity. Once you do that, everything will flow from there. And make sure it's the true identity, which can only be found in Christ. Well, Isi, your energy is contagious, and I so appreciate your positivity and, most of all, your centeredness on Christ. This time together has just been incredible, so thank you for being my guest. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. One more thing before you go. Have you heard the term gospel before? It simply means good news, and I want to share the best news with you but it starts with the bad news. Every single one of us were born sinners and God is perfect and holy, so he cannot be in the presence of sin. Therefore, we're separated from him. This means there's absolutely no chance we can make it to heaven on our own. So for you and for me, it means we deserve death and we can never pay back the sacrifice we owe to be saved. We need a savior. But God loved us so much, he made a way for his only son to willingly die in our place as the perfect substitute. This gives us hope of life forever in right relationship with him. That is good news. Jesus lived the perfect life we could never live and died in our place for our sin. This was God's plan to make a way to reconcile with us so that God can look at us and see Jesus. We can be covered and justified through the work Jesus finished, if we choose to receive what he has done for us. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So would you pray with me now? Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to take our place. I pray someone today, right now, is touched and chooses to turn their life over to you. Will you clearly guide them and help them take their next step in faith to declare you as Lord of their life? We trust you to work and change the lives now for eternity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you are declaring him for me, so me for him. You get the opportunity to live your life for him. At this podcast, we are called Savvy for a reason. We want to give you practical tools to implement the knowledge you have learned. So you're ready to get started? First, tell someone. Say it out loud. Get a Bible. The first day I made this decision, my parents took me to Barnes & Noble to get the Quest NIV Bible, and I love it. Start by reading the book of John. Get connected locally, which basically means just tell someone who is part of the church in your community that you made a decision to follow Christ. I'm assuming they will be thrilled to talk with you about further steps such as going to church and getting connected to other believers to encourage you. We want to celebrate with you too, so feel free to leave a comment for us if you made a decision for Christ. We also have show notes included where you can read scripture that describes this process. Finally, be encouraged. Luke 15.10 says, In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. 
The heavens are praising with you for your decision today. If you've already received this good news, I pray that you have someone else to share it with today. You are loved, and I look forward to meeting you here next time.